Hi everyone, this is Michelle Gale. I'm so happy you found your way to this podcast, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'd love for you to become a part of my community. So if you're inspired, please visit beamindfulparent.com and sign up to my weekly newsletter. By signing up, you will receive the Busy Parent's Guide to Practicing Mindfulness, which includes learnings, meditations, and practices to support your path. From my website, you can also purchase the online conference from September if you missed it, as well as buy some other courses and coaching offerings I have available. I love keeping this podcast free of advertisements and always appreciate the support of my work. Also, if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Life is messy, and it's exactly within this messiness where our greatest opportunities for growth live. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the podcast, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I am here today with Malika Chopra. She is a mom, a media entrepreneur, a public speaker, and author. She's the founder of intent.com, a website and app focused on personal, social, and global wellness. Malika enjoys speaking to audiences around the world about balance, meditation, parenting, and living with intention every day. Welcome, Malika. Really great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and you have a new book out, which is what we're going to be talking about today called Just Breathe, Meditation, Mindfulness, Movement, and More. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. Uh, This book really was a dream that I had to write, and I feel so grateful that it's coming out. It's targeted for kids, eight to 12-year-olds, but I think can be such a great tool for adults and parents and families. So I love your work and thank you so much for having this opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, of course, of course. I would love to hear um, just a little bit about your upbringing and connection to this and then how it connects to your family. I mean, I'd just love to hear and share with the listeners just the inspiration behind this book. Yes. So many people, of course, know my father, Deepak Chopra. And so when I was about nine years old, my father discovered meditation and my family discovered meditation. So my dad really began his journey as a pretty stressed out doctor who was looking for some sort of tool in his life to find connection and peace and meditation really transformed his life. And so uh, the day he learned, he had my mom learn. And the next day, my brother and I learned how to meditate. So we were nine and six. Um, Before the end of the week, um, my dad had his brother and their family learn and my aunt and their (laughs) family learn. And the Indian community in Boston had all learned by, uh, you know, by the end of the week, that week. So from the beginning, my dad really brought everyone along on his journey. And meditation for my family was a true gift because... It brought us together. My dad um, was went from being kind of stressed out and anxious and not around to being more present and being part of our family in a more loving way. And so we really, um, you know, for us, our family transformed through meditation. 
I am now uh, 46. I have two daughters. They're 16 and almost 14. Mm. And my, you know, meditation has been a gift for me my entire life. I've been, I'm not the, a regular meditator, which I like to state up front. Um, in my many decades of being a meditator, I've gone through phases where I'm really into the practice and I am kind of not. Um, but meditation was something I wanted to share with my kids. Mm. Um, and they were very lucky, you know, they really have known uh, this practice or these practices their whole life uh, through our family. And ever since I became a mom, and I know you have lots of parents on this podcast, and you are too, um, I've observed, um, sadly, the anxiety, the stress, the pressure that our kids are under starting at a very young age. Yeah. And so, you know, I always just wanted to share these gifts um, that I got as a kid uh, and, you know, started to do that just through my community, honestly, like with other parents in our Girl Scout and Brownie troop, um, through school auctions, um, I'd offer teaching meditation. And um, I always wanted to do this book and then the opportunity came to do it um, through my wonderful publishing company. And mm -hmm. I'm just so excited that I finally have something that kind of takes all these things in my life, but translates it for kids. Um, yeah. And that was really, you know, the book, it really is written for kids. Um, I think parents will probably get it for their kids. And my goal is that, um, or my hope is that, uh, parents join their kids on this journey, um, but also let their kids feel empowerment um, by discovering these tools themselves. Wow. And, it, you know, I was I'm grateful we're having this conversation before the book officially comes out. So I was able to get a copy and I've been reading it. And it sounds like your children have been involved in the writing of the book. Hundred percent, yes. It's so, and again, that's why it's just. I've, it's such a special project for me. I've written other books and done other things, but this one, honestly, is probably um, the one I feel most excited about. So, mm -hmm. when I got the publishing company reached out to me, um, and it was amazing because as a writer, you know, I never could imagine like having an illustrator and the way that they've just brought this book together is so beautiful. Um, so when they did, I was, I said immediately, yes, I'd love to do it. Um, but what I did is I sat with my girls who were right around, um, you know, maybe 14 and 12 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with my nephew, um, who was nine um, at the time. And together we brainstormed the book because I wanted to really understand what are the issues that they're dealing with. So um, I really approached it from their voice uh, and they really helped me write the book because it was meant for them and their friends. Wow. So what, what did you hear when you sat down with them? And I'm sure, you know, this is kind of that these are the themes in the book. Um, what did you hear? And also what do you hear in general, as far as, you know, we know our kids are, uh, you know, more stressed and there's more anxiety and there's even more suicidation going on, particularly in adolescence than we've ever seen before. Um, what, what did you hear and what are you hearing from? Yeah. From so I think our kids today, one, are 
truly overstimulated. So, you know, and everyone talks about, uh, you know, every generation has their own stimulation. Um, but I think today it's constant stimulation. There's no quiet time. Um, so whether it's social media, whether it's just advertisements and messages, there's no time to just be quiet. Um, yeah. There are schedules, um, you know, we all and myself included as parents um, feel like we have to keep scheduling or doing some sort of sports or tutoring or music or, you know, this constant, there's no, the time um, as kids is already running out by the end of the day for them. Mm-hmm. Um I think also there's just anxiety um, about where the world is going um, as well um, on many levels. And I think kids are just trying to find their place uh, in this world where not only are they distracted more, but their parents are more distracted. You know, parents have a lot of responsibility. uh, And so, you know, many parents also, you know, just are trying to balance the finances and just getting through the day. Yeah. Um, and so I think kids, you know, are often also just kind of floating in this uh, mm. uncertain world. And so my goal um, with these practices in this book is first to offer kids some quiet, some silence, to be able to find that inside themselves. And, uh, you know, I really describe it as that safe, happy place um, that, you know, we all can find um, in different ways. But, you know, that that kind of in, involves finding your passion, um, finding what makes you happy, what connections make you happy. So my goal um, with this book, which is very much the way that I've grown up, um, is to offer um, a tool or tools for uh, silence through the meditations or mindfulness, which is being more aware of what's happening inside and outside. Um, but then also adding the bit about um, self-reflection and intention and helping kids think about what they want, which was an exercise that my dad used to do with my brother and I, um, where after our meditations, he'd ask us, you know, what do you want? What do you want in life? And of course, we would respond with material things like tickets to a game or toys or whatever it may be. And then he'd guide us to think about the qualities we wanted in our life, like love, connection, inspiration, purpose. Mm. Um, and so I feel if kids early on can start um, going after those qualities in their life, because once you state them, um, then you kind of create scenarios to make them happen. Mm. So the real, um, the first part of the book are just very practical meditation, mindfulness, um, movement exercises, um, which I really wrote to be really simple, really easy, really accessible. Um, And then really at the end of the book is really more about motivation and inspiration and intention. Mm, Beautiful. You know, I know often um, parents that I've worked with and just people in general can get very confused about the difference between meditation and mindfulness. And if you ask, you know, a hundred different teachers, they may describe it a hundred different ways. Um, I'm I'm curious from your perspective, um, you know, how would you share with parents and their children the difference between meditation and mindfulness? Yes. So there, and you're right, every teacher will have different uh, explanations. So my goal was to make this all super simple. Um, So for me, meditation helps quiet your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Mindfulness helps you become more aware of your body, thoughts, and surrounding environment. 
Um, and then, you know, I'm taking this from the book, actually, yoga moves your body to let go of tension, breathe, relax, be more connected and get more energy. And then motivation is using positive thoughts to feel happier and to achieve your goals. Um, and so we can break it down into buckets. And that's kind of what I tried to do in the book um, is really just present in one page, um, you know, very simple exercises that mm -hmm. involve just breathing um, and then, you know, other kind of techniques using sound or movement or self-awareness, um, mindful eating, mindful movement. Uh, but each one is really meant to just be a simple exercise to give it taste um, and then kids, um, and I really hope this is what happens in my dream scenario, um, mm -hmm. kids discover something that works for them, and then actually kids involve their family and their parents in their journey, so they're really teaching the rest of the family. Oh, how wonderful. And you know, that brings me to another question. How do you suggest parents, you know, they're going to give this book to their children, obviously, and how do you suggest they, do you suggest they read it with them, they depending on the age, maybe, like, how would you suggest parents go about using this as the best resource they can? And obviously it'll be different for different families, but overall, how would you suggest parents approach this? So I am a big believer, and this is because of the way that I grew up, that um, parents should never force their children to meditate. Yes. Um, I believe that that will backfire and it will make something that um, for most kids uh, may make them resentful and not want to do it. Yeah. Um, so the, one of the reasons I was so excited to do this book is that one of my best friends, Dr. Kara Natterson, wrote the American Girl um, books uh, all about me, the body books. Mm -hmm. And what I saw with those um, with my own kids was when I gave them the books, they would kind of peek into it when they wanted to. Um, it was often like a quiet personal journey and then it would stimulate a question that they would ask me and sometimes at certain things um, we would go through them together. Yeah. So my hope is with this book and that's why it was written for this age group um, that it's something that kids can have um, and kids can use mm -hmm. um, that they may peek into it they may be interested they may not um, but it's like a resource for them mm -hmm. um, and more importantly that parents though can also and you know one of the biggest feedback I'm getting on the book is that parents are loving it because or adults because it's really simple yeah. um, so it's a really simple guide to meditation <laughs> um, but that parents then can do it on their own so you know if and this is what happened in my family my parents started meditating and our family life became better and so then my brother and I wanted to be part of it mm. because we saw that it was making them happier. So I think parents lead by example, not just words. Um, and so I really see this as something that empowers kids to discover and experiment and figure things out on their own. Um, and then, you know, parents to kind of lead by example. And then I think naturally and organically, um, a conversation will begin that really connects parents and kids. So, and that's why the book has things like gratitude exercises, which can be family uh, events or um, spending time in nature um, quietly and, you know, being mindful of the surrounding environment or going for a walk together, but not even talking, but being present with each other. Mm -hmm. So I think there are many things that parents and kids 
really will discover, um, depending on their family situation, that may work for them. Yeah, I can almost imagine, um, because we kind of go on and off having regular family meetings when we're having them, they're usually really rich. And I can almost imagine using this as, you know, like almost a little book club during the parent, you know, during the family meeting um, and taking a little piece of it and exploring it and deciding, is this something we want to do as a family? And um, I think a big part of what parents struggle with that I hear over and over is just how to make time, you know, yeah. how to weave it in. Um, that's a question I get a lot and, and something I address quite often. So I'm curious to hear um, what's worked for your family and maybe other families that you know or work with or other people within your family or parents you've worked with, um, just and how to incorporate these kinds of practices that are in the book into into their daily life. I think that's such an important piece for families is to let it be a kind of a part of what they're already doing as much as they can. Um, is that something that that you all do? And how would you how would you suggest parents weave it into their day? Yeah, so I think we all ultimately, and my last book was really, um, and I, that's why I like the title of your podcast. Um, my last book was called Living with Intent, My Somewhat Messy Journey to Purpose, Peace, and Joy. And the messy yeah. part um, was is really the critical part there. I think we all, um, as parents, um, have a lot of responsibilities. Almost everyone I know, um, you know, is managing too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of this meditation and mindfulness journey is connecting with ourselves. So first having an anchor inside um, and really having a guide of what internally uh, gives us, makes us happier, healthier, more connected and a purpose. Um, and part of that is then really prioritizing what we want to do in life. Like I realized for myself, um, a lot of my busyness was coming out of guilt um, or feeling like I had to participate in things where I didn't really need to. I learned how to say no more. Um, And then when I was quiet and present um, or with my kids, I really was more present with my kids. So I wasn't trying to manage 15 other things, but even if it was, you know, a car ride together, um, really being present or at a meal, um, putting away devices and really being present while we're eating. So um, really finding connection in the times that we could find connection. Um, And I really go back to being a role model for my kids. um, And that's what I've seen with parents um, is, you know, if we're kind of busy and frazzled and crazy and stressed out, our kids are going to pick up on that and that's what they're going to follow. Um, And so learning um, and we've made some difficult decisions in my family, which is, you know, to not pursue some of the kind of, clubs, sports, or more involved activities because I prioritize sleep. (laughs) And so, um, you know, and there's only so much time uh, in the day between their academics and other extracurriculars. Um, I let my kids get bored. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in just kind of creativity coming out of boredom too yes so but those are those are family decisions that are not easy for many people to make yeah it's it's really hard and then you add in the technology piece which is the other conversation that comes up a lot and and I feel like these practices are so helpful just mindfulness practices particularly 
um, and that kind of movement just to get to know your body because, um, you know, when we're having these conversations about technology. I think it's really important to be able to point kids back to how they feel yeah. and kind of these pulls and these desires. And, um, you know, I had a great conversation with my son yesterday who, you know, this, this, I don't know if you've heard about this game, Fortnite. Yes, of course. Yeah. My daughter is obsessed with it too. Oh, me, oh my. And so we've, you know, we've put, you know, all, me, and my son's friends, parents have all kind of gathered and like, okay, let's make sure they're not playing too often at each other's houses and, you know, keep it to an hour a day or something or something reasonable. And, um, and so he, he went on a bike ride yesterday, Yeah, <laughs> went to the Microsoft store and played for hours. <laughs> so it's so I, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I called the Microsoft store when I finally yeah. realized, okay, he's never gone this long. And I was a little worried too, you know, he didn't, didn't have a phone with him or anything. And so anyway, we, we, of course, now there's some additional limitations on the game, yeah. but we were able to have this conversation, this is where I'm pointing to, on like, what was it that pulled you to go there today, even though yeah. you knew that was something that wasn't allowed? You know, and how did you feel when you were there? Do you remember? Like, what did your body feel like? What did your mind feel like? And, um, you know, he was able to point to quite a bit. And, yeah. and I do think that those... Um, that ability just it gives us this these openings to be able to have a deeper conversation with them. Yeah, no, and I think that's a great approach that you took, is to really let him reflect um, yeah. and be intuitive and um, notice. That's the whole mindfulness component mm -hmm. um, of, you know, did it feel right um, or not? And let him yes. come to the conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. It's tricky. Well, I'd love to hear you pointed to a few practices. You highlighted them quickly a little while ago. I'd love for you to share some of your favorites from the book that you find you use more at home with your family or ones that seem to really be connecting with people who are having the honor to start to read this beautiful book. Um, what, which practices are some of your favorites? Yeah, so I think just starting with Just Breathe, the title of the book, mm -hmm. um, is just, and with kids, um, just the power of taking a deep breath. So, you know, breathing in, mm -hmm. maybe to the count of three or four, pausing and then breathing out, you know, and maybe a larger exhale. And it's kind of amazing what happens when you do just take a moment to breathe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. in and out. Um, and so it really begins with that. Um, I also offer um, some of the techniques that have been useful to me, which is using um, a word or a phrase um, for the meditation. So, you know, often we use the word I am um, and just kind of closing your eyes and repeating um, the phrase I am over and over and over again and knowing that your mind will get distracted and wander and just coming back to that. Mm. Um, I find that that's an anchor that works well. Um, and then, you know, on the mindfulness side, um, just being more aware of your body, one. So um, body scans, and I think kids uh, do well with that, uh, as well as um, being just more mindful of everyday activities. So I have one there, which is like, you know, your normal walk, like your walk to your room, from your kitchen to your bedroom. Um, and then just being noticing more what's 
you know, different things along the way. So something that you do every day, um, but being more mindful of it, being more mindful of a meal or eating and really appreciating the taste, the textures, the sights, the feel of your food. Um, for many kids, sitting quietly um, is really hard. So that's why we have the whole movement and yoga section. Mm -hmm. um, which is more about being physically aware of your body. Um, and uh, so those are always fun as well. And then, like I said, um, you know, certain motivation exercises. So, you know, what does it mean to think positively the half glass full versus the half glass empty versus the glass is always full um, with water and air, you know, mm -hmm. and so really these are perspectives that we can take on life um, or, you know, having more of a positive dialogue um, and the power of words and how that affects our mood. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the quick ones. Yeah, those are wonderful. And how, um, can you speak a little more to motivation? Like where, you know, the, kind of the, the, um, the intention of having it in the book and, you know, the inspiration of having it in the book. Cause it sounds like that's something that has been part of your life probably since you were a child. Yes. A little more yeah. motivation? So when we were young, as I um, mentioned earlier, one, we learned how to meditate, but then there was a phrase um, that my father would make my brother and I repeat. And it goes like this. It says, I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and set the goals I will achieve and everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. And that's when he would really guide us to think about who am I? What do I want? How can I serve? What am I grateful for? Yeah. And so I incorporate these in most of the meditations I do because, um, you know, these techniques, meditation, mindfulness, help us on a physical and emotional level um, when we are in a fight flight response, when we're reactive yeah. um, and they just give us that sense of, you know, being more in control, which I think is very important for kids and adults. Um, but I think then to take it to the next level and we all are very capable of capable of this. And I think for kids, the empowerment that comes um, for setting their intentions for their life uh, really can be transformational. And so for me, it's all incorporated in one thing. I couldn't break it down into one versus the other because right. it's all part of the practice. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And have you noticed your own, um, your own children kind of move and are they, are they feeling connected to it the way you were as a child? So, yeah, I think that's a great question and a very important one. So I, I, in my life, went through phases where I meditated and where I didn't meditate. Um, and, you know, as a teenager, um, I think personally, the gift of meditation really helped anchor me. But there were clearly, um, you know, sometimes I do it, sometimes I wouldn't, and my parents never forced me. Mm. So I'm taking that same uh, approach with my kids. Yeah. So, you know, my younger one will still come and actually in the last six months, it stopped, but um, she's just about to turn 14. But until recently, uh, she would sit still sit with me, sometimes come in my lap and we do our meditations together. Um, whereas my older one, um, closer to 16, you know, she's too busy and she's running around. But what they do do, and I've noticed is, you know, they find the meditation when they need it. 
Um, so, you know, and often maybe they're sitting on the bus um, and they'll put off their kind of Spotify and, yeah. and, and do meditation. Um, and so I feel like giving them the the tools for self-empowerment yeah. um, is the most important. So yes, my kids, um, I would say that they find it when they want to find it, but they have the tools. Um, and more importantly, they see that I'm you using those tools on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and that is the most important, you know, is that yeah. they see us because pe- par- parents will often ask me, how do I get my kid to meditate? Yeah. I'm like, don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should do it yourself and then they will kind of potentially follow. Exactly. I mean, and even if they're not meditating, right, even closing their eyes, being still, um, that, you know, just living the way that you've lived with them you know, awareness happens, right? There, you can't, you know, once you become more aware of yourself, you can't become unaware, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you can't take it back. <laughs> exactly. So I find with my own children that even though they haven't done a ton of meditation, they did when I taught in their school for three years, they did it with me um, while I was there in their classrooms. Um, and my older son has done, there's a wonderful app uh, for anyone who has kids who are athletes called um, Lucid Performance, mm-hmm. very focused for performance and athletics and geared towards, you know, younger people. And, um, and that's worked really well with my older son. So I find when there's something that motivates them, right? So this will serve your athletics, you know, this will serve you as an athlete and, yeah. and that got him interested. Um, so, you know, it's kind of come and gone in that way, but, but so much of, that's why I asked about the questions about motivation and, um, the way that you talk to them and the way that you lead them into inquiry that I'm hearing, you know, Mm -hmm. that I've been hearing you share during our call is, is a form of mindfulness, you know, it's a form of awareness and it goes with all of these beautiful practices that, that you offer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are just about out of time. I'd love to hear anything, anything I haven't asked or anything else you'd like to share before we, before we say goodbye. No, I just want to kind of thank you for the work that you're doing and um, to your listeners who obviously are on a journey of serving as parents um, and um, teachers in a mindful and um, beautiful way. So, uh, and I'm just really excited to share this book. Uh, Like I said, it's something I've always wanted to share. So uh, it feels really good to finally have it coming out. Wonderful. And again, it's called Just Breathe, Meditation, Mindfulness, Movement, and More. And it was really a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we'll say goodbye to our listeners. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. Michelle's new book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose, is now available at Amazon and at mindfulparentingbook.com. Get your copy today.